morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Friday. Happy July 4th weekend. Great to be with you again. Just as a service announcement, public service announcement, we will not be on on Monday, which is the commemorated holiday of July 4th. Great weekend for everybody. Let freedom ring. Happy Canada Day that passed. Happy whatever day was going on in your country. We've been talking about this concept of let freedom ring. If we can come to some conclusion today. Move on next week. About the responsibility and the choice of freedom. Why it's so hard for us to choose freedom. Why freedom's a choice. It's a choice. It always was a choice. It, it's an expensive choice. When the founding fathers chose to fight back against the tyranny of our, our, I don't say our, our, against the English rule, if you will, they made a choice. It was super hard. They had to fight a war. They weren't ready to fight. They had to put together a government and make difficult decisions that they didn't have to do before. They had to figure out how to create a new world when it was easier just to try to circumvent or complain about the current one. This country that I am personally physically in now, many of you are, made a choice. And the choice that they made was, we'll take all of the challenges of freedom, all of the challenges of governing, of creating something new, of, of protecting ourselves when we never had to before, of raising an army, of raising taxes, of putting in a government. Like, just think through what we're celebrating. We're celebrating a decision by a few people to try to live a greater life. It doesn't matter one's politics. Forget that. Forget all the negativity. Forget that stuff just for a second. Forget it's perfect. It's not whatever. It's an exercise in an in analogy. Now. We are celebrating, a, even if you're not celebrating it, we're, we're recognizing that there's a country in the world today that didn't exist a few hundred years ago. And but for the efforts and but for the vision of a few people may never have existed. And the decision that they were making really is a decision of freedom. And freedom is a scary choice. It's scary to start your own business. I have a good friend of mine uh, who, thank God, has been incredibly successful in his life. He started a business and he sold it for a lot of money. And it really propelled him. And it changed the life of himself and his family. I mean, and I remember when he was selling his company, I think the first, I think he sold multiple, but the first one, he said to me that every day he wakes up and he comes to work and he looks around at the people that are really doing the work of his business. And he asks himself, why don't they start their own company? Like the work that they're doing, they can do for themselves. They can, probably, they can probably make more money for themselves. And he, every day for so many years, would be scared that he'd come up, come in the morning to work, sit down and be told by his top sales guys that they're leaving. 
And every day he wasn't. And he couldn't figure out why until it, it dawned on him. Because payroll is scary. And if you've got to take responsibility for the lives of other people and paying them, on, it's a scary thing. And the world, could anything could happen. And he realized that he wasn't being, so to speak, compensated because he knew how to do the work. He was being compensated as the CEO because he took responsibility for what would happen if it all went wrong. Responsibility is scary. It's scary. There are people that self-sabotage relationships. There are people that are scared to be vulnerable because the responsibility of fighting for a great relationship, the responsibility of being responsible for other people. It's scary. I know parents like this. We're all like this to some extent. Listen, God runs the world. Taking credit for things that are beyond your control is arrogance, period. Next sentence. But like, I know parents that are like, you know, they're not really navigating their children because they're scared to. They're scared to take that responsibility. They're scared that they'll fail. Projects in the community that need to get done that people are scared to step up for because they'll be responsible and it's scary. Freedom's a choice. And it's a scary choice. If you look through the story of the Jewish people when they, were, when they left Egypt, it wasn't an easy go. It wasn't like they got out of Egypt. They're like, whoa, that was easy. Thank God I'm out of here. Like, here's the handcuffs. Like, let's go. Like, where's my house? Let's get rolling. Let's do this. Are you kidding me? This whole period of time in our calendar, this whole, look, at, look through the Torah, look through the Bible and what went on. Again, they're at a different level spiritually, but just from what we can learn, it's hard. It's hard to be free, to be responsible. There's a certain ease to going to the same job and complaining about your boss. It's hard to think of taking on something else. Just going, complaining about somebody else in a way is comfortably mediocre. It's hard to take responsibility for change. So much easier to sit back and complain. And a lot of people do it. Look at many ways, look at what's going on a lot of times in our country. It's hard to be part of something that's going to bring some measure of change. It's so much easier to sit around and complain about what it what it's not. And the reason, I believe, is multiple reasons, but I want to just give you one today. The reason is because we don't understand how change works. We think that change is macro. We think that for us to make a difference, I have to make real change. I'll run for president, but like to try to bring, you know, my community together, come on. Yeah, if I could launch my own company, I hear that. But my own family? I mean, come on. Sure, if I could influence hundreds and thousands, okay. But influencing one or two or myself? Come on. 
we mistake change. We mistake change. We mistake freedom for being that which is macro. Just take, take America as an example. America wasn't America in the, seven, the late 1700s when the founding fathers were figuring it all out and the Continental Congress and the different states. And it wasn't from sea to shining sea. We didn't have stuff west. West was just wasteland or desert or the place where other people were living. America was a fairly small country. It wasn't that we were navigating 50 states of millions of people. America was a small little country with a bunch of rebels, most of which had to run away from the, from the queen and the king. The change that they were talking about, nobody had it in their mind that the United States of America of 2020 would be the United States of America from 1776. The change that they were trying to bring back then. And by the way, if you go through your American history, and I got to tell you, I got to really, I love American history. I really do. There's a lot, a lot of spirituality there. In fact, Ben Franklin, for those who know American history, and if you're not from America, it's okay. It's July 4th. Let this roll. Ben Franklin was actually was put forth the symbol, you know, the American symbol right now is the eagle. The symbol that Ben Franklin put forth wasn't the eagle. Anybody know what it is? Quick trivia for those that are here with me live. Anybody know what the symbol of Ben Franklin was that almost got voted in as the American symbol? Ben Franklin's symbol was Moses by the split say. The founding fathers saw themselves as the new Hebrews. The story of Egypt was the story that they used for inspiration. The Americans, the celebration, we, we, we live in a secular society today. The world has secularized incredibly. If you really look back, in fact, if you want to really do this, Thanksgiving was not thanks between Indians and, and pilgrims. You know that, right? Thanksgiving was Indians and pilgrims thanking God. The thanks that was going on in Thanksgiving wasn't thank you for the turkey and let's watch football. I'm all for football. You know that. It was let's thank God. America was founded. And if you really look through our history, but for obviously for the state of Israel, and I'm sure there are plenty of countries that I don't know of in the Middle East that were founded on Islamic principles, very monotheistic, I'm sure. But if you really look through America, you find that America was built on very, very spiritual principles. This idea of uh, freedom from tyranny, they got that from Moses and the Egyptians. Look at Yale and Princeton and Harvard symbols, some of the first few colleges. Look at the language that they're in. 
In fact, if you, I mean, just for a second, can we do this for a second? Is that okay? If you look at the mayor, I believe, of Plymouth, I'm forgetting his name, but some of you may know, the mayor of Plymouth, Bradsforth. Judy, maybe you can pull this up. Bradsforth, I think it's William Bradsforth, I think. His, what he did at the end of his life was just spend a whole day studying Hebrew to get closer to God because he felt he wanted to understand the language, the original language. It's, it's, it's everywhere you look in the beginning of the story, it's filled with spirituality. They weren't, they had no idea that this would become what it became. Nobody could have dreamed that the behemoth of America became America. Are you kidding me? Back in those days? Yeah, William Bradford. William Bradford. They were trying to run for religious freedom. The change was micro. Micro change leads to macro results. Bahabdil, you know, the famous story of one of the great rabbis of the past few hundred years, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter said, and then this is quoted in the name of the Chafetz Chaim as well, about the man, he said, when I was young, I wanted to change the world. You know this one? And then I got older and I thought that was impossible. So I figured I would change my community. And as I got older, I realized that wasn't happening. So I tried to change my family. And then I got older and I realized that that wasn't happening. So I wanted to change myself. And then once I changed myself, started to change my family, my community, I ended up changing the world. We mistake change for something really big. So when we think about the challenges to look back, when we think about the work on trying to figure out something, when we think about the, the, the perils, if you will, or the, the challenges of responsibility, it's not worth it because what, it's, what is it really going to do? So let's say I listen to you, Charlie, and let's say I spend time over the weekend looking back over the past few months and trying to ask myself, where could I be better? And where can I, where did, where, what went right? What went wrong? What if I adopt this mindset of seeing the past as my teacher? What if I take responsibility for the future? And even if there are people behind me that hurt me, I stop blaming them and start just moving forward. What if... I take responsibility for more. What if I stop complaining and start doing things that I always want? What if? What's going to change? What's going to happen? I'm going to be a little happier. What, my, 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 my family may get a little more inspired. I, what? I'm going to change the life of what? Who? I'm not changing the world here. If I would change the world, okay. If you would give me the ability to sit at the, as the head of this major foundation, okay. If I can be the president of my community, okay, now we're talking. Now I get it. But just for me right now in my life, what, what do I got? What are we talking about? There's no change that I'm responsible for. I'm not the CEO of a small company. Is it worth the time to think? And to, to, for what? For what? For micro change? So that I'm 1% better? 
so that I relate to the, my spouse or my children a little bit better, so that I can connect up a little bit better, so that I'm more appreciative of life, so that I could influence my small little group in my, my office. I'm not in charge of the company. I'm never going to be in charge of the company. Is it really worth it? The answer is, that's exactly why we don't do it. Because we don't think it's worth it. We don't get change. We think change is macro. Let me tell you a secret. In my opinion, from all the research, look, I'm a nobody. All the greatest change in the world you've ever seen has always been micro. The only one that can bring macro change is the one upstairs. The only being that can make macro change is God. The rest of us make micro changes, micro, 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 micro. And one day, if he desires, it'll explode. That's that whole effort result thing we did two weeks ago. America is a country of micro change. A few states got together to try to build a small government. Even in the government, it was small. They didn't even build one government, which is so incredible about this country. Really, there are, I don't know of any other countries. I'm sure there are. I don't know world history that well. Even in the concept of America, you have this dichotomy between the federal government and the state government. So even in the original government, there was a perspective that we can't just make one big government. Each state has their own personality and each state has their own ability and authority. And the interplay between state and federal has been the interplay since then. And it's a fascinating thing. If you look around the world, there are a few places that have states with real authority and real division and real structure and infrastructure. So even within the story of the small 13-colony country, even in that story, it's not even that story. The story is even much smaller. It's the country that really is just a collection of even more micro changes. One little state. The story of July 4th, if we can use it for our lives, the story of a bunch of people that wanted to do it better, micro. Little bit, little bit. Plymouth, tiny little town. Tiny little town. Little better, little better, little better, little better, little better. Small, micro, just do it right, do it right, do it right. Fight for freedom. If you even go through the story of William Bradford, he was worried about the people that came on because he wanted everyone to be at a certain level, spiritually, religiously. And if you keep on making micro change well enough, and God wants, oh, he'll blow the place up. He'll blow the place up. Positively, that is. You know how we don't go back and spend the time? Because we don't respect micro change. If you change one habit in your life, that's a life worth living. You change your ability to connect to the spiritual world, that's a life worth living. You change the life of one person in your life, that's a life worth living. We don't have to be satisfied with little. But when you look around and say, yeah, it's worth, it's worth it. It's worth looking back and taking responsibility for things. Because if all I do is change a few things, that's worth it. Change 
change itself is worth it. Making things better is the evolution of how this world is supposed to look. And when we look back, we take the time to put it into our lives, regardless of all the people we may not touch. We do it because it's right. That's when that's when God goes, I got this. That's my opinion. That's to me, July 4th. It's my opinion of the story of America. A few people that wanted to make it better, wanted to make it more connected. And God, for whatever reason, God runs this world, looks down and goes, all right, guys and ladies, men and ladies. You have a, I like what you're doing over here. There's so many things we can talk about. Charity, what that meant in the beginning. Okay. Watch how big this baby can go. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. Happy July 4th. Shabbat Shalom. Good Shabbos. Think about this over the weekend. If the past were my teacher, what can I do to change even something that nobody sees? Because change itself is where I need to spend my life. And with the past as my teacher, and with the soul that's within me, and with the future open to even the smallest bit of micro change, there's nothing more important than that. All right, everybody, have an amazing weekend. Looking forward to seeing you Tuesday. And with God, with God's help, with God's help, I look forward to seeing you Tuesday. And enjoy the long weekend for those that are going to be in country in America. And everybody else have an incredible, incredible Shabbat Shalom. And let's really look around and take the lessons of this country so that each of us could better ourselves. Okay, everybody, have a great weekend. God's help, can't wait to see you next week. Take care.